PTF here. Quick word before we get to this episode of Baby Talk. I want to let folks know that you can watch Royal Ascot all five days starting on Tuesday, approximately 9.30 Eastern Time. Every day is on TVG. There's also going to be NBC Network coverage via Peacock for the first four days and then on NBC itself on the Saturday. You can also watch it through your ADW. So get involved and it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, just one quick programming note. The horse that I speak about in here, which we recorded several days ago, and the winner is this cool pedigree that I was uh, talking about. This horse is not going to be competing at Ascot. They've decided to keep him home. So just ignore that part of the show. This is what happens when you record shows days in advance. Anyway, on with the show. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Baby Talk. This is our show for the Royal Ascot meeting. Going to be looking at the two-year-old races. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again. Normally, I'd be in England already, but with the weird way the calendar goes with Belmont and then Ascot immediately after, I'm not going to red-eye out till Sunday night, but I've been looking over the form, and I have two guests here that are going to give a view to these races and let folks in the USA know what some of the the prominent angles are and things they can expect from the two-year-old racing at Royal Ascot. Obviously, incredibly important in an international meeting for the two-year-olds. And as a show focused on that uh, that division, we thought it would be fun to bring this show to you. Joining me now, the usual co-host of Baby Talk from Gainesway, our sponsors for the show. He is Sean Tugel. Sean, how are things? Doing great, Pete. And... Uh... Super excited to get another uh, week of Royal Ascot approaching us. Can't wait. I guess it was three years ago you and I got to hang out there together. I imagine you're not going to be making it over this year. But Gainesway is represented in the form of Spenderella, who I believe is uh, bred by Gainesway as well as owned by Gainesway. Am I, am I getting that right? Absolutely. It's a, it's a completely a farm affair. We, we have her, her damn Spanish bunny. And uh, she was a homebred by the stallion Caraconti that we stand uh, in partnership with the Niarcos family and the wonderful syndicate that is with him. He's a young sire that's starting to make a lot of noise. Um, he's produced high level horses and all first three crops that are, are three and up. Uh, we, we're excited about the two year crop he has this year, but I think Spinderella's three for three already, having won two great stakes races here in America pr- pretty easily in, in terms of, of great stakes and, and turf racing. Um, we're very excited for her chances. Grand Motion's taking her over. We, we got the pleasure of getting William Buick aboard. So that's uh, a big positive as well to, to get a top European jock signed on. So, you know, Graham's had success over there and being competitive. Um, sharing ran big for us uh, in the past there with Gainsway and Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners. So uh, very exciting uh, week ahead for, for Spinderella and for our Stallion Caraconti. This would be a huge breakthrough. Uh, win for him and, and that's all he's missing is just that marquee uh big victory for his stallion career to get really going for more information about gainsway you can check out gainsway.com check out the whole stallion roster there and that is an interesting race the coronation stakes where spenderella will be participating has another american angle in pizza bianca but we're not here really to talk about that we're here to talk about the two-year-olds and to help us do that bring in a young man i have had the pleasure of working with i mean this guy has a hard hard job because his job at sky sports racing is to make people like me look good and look like we know what we're talking about when we're on the airwaves so no mean feat here but he does a great job of it very passionate about the game and two-year-olds in particular he is callum hellowell callum how are things i'm very good uh thank you very much for having me on it's my pleasure my friend and we're gonna dive right in to get uh, to get to some of these races starting on tuesday 
one of the first of the six two-year-old races we're going to be talking about with the Coventry six furlongs. Now, to American ears, six furlongs at, at you hear six furlongs and you, you think of a horse, you know, you think it's you think of a, something that might be a, a bit on the on the sharper side. Not necessarily the case. I'd ask it when you're talking about a six furlong straight stamina definitely can come into play in this race. Um, current favorite in the betting is noble style. Callum, I want to throw this one to you first. A couple of horses at the top of the market here who look pretty interesting to me. Is there one in particular that catches your eye or an interesting breeding angle to discuss in this year's Coventry? Yeah, um, there is. There's definitely two that have majorly caught my eye. And you're absolutely right about the uh, six furlongs at Ascot requiring a little bit more stamina than any 1,200-meter race over in the U.S., um, Ascot's finish is notoriously steep. They're the big climb all the way, and these two-year-olds will definitely be tested uh, like they've never been tested before. Um, the favourite for this, Noble Style, uh, goes for Godolphin. Uh, he's only had one start, and my God, um, he was quite frankly terrifying what he did. Um, he's built like a brick house, and he just flew. Uh, he, he went to Ascot. He was Charlie Appleby's first two-year-old runner. He he jumped out okay, sat midfield and just whoosh. Furlong and a half to go, he was gone, put the race to bed in a matter of strides and was dominant. Uh, the interesting thing to come out of that race is the horses that he beat, uh, they have all gone on and won since. I think the top four horses that he beat have all gone on to win a race since, really boosting the form. Uh, however, the one horse I'm really, really excited to see is Persian Force. Uh, third in the betting, really around, around a price of about four to one now. Um, he won the Brocklesby, which is our first two-year-old race of the season. Uh, often gets chastised for being a bit of a precocious horses, not really top class, just go there for their big day out. But he was fantastic. Uh, Richard Hannon's team were there. Richard wasn't there, but his team were. And they were waxing lyrical about how good he'd been at home. And he put <laughs> all of those good vibes on show and dominated. He was very, very good. So I'm looking forward to seeing both of those in the Coventry on Tuesday. Yeah, that Hannon enthusiasm showed in the marketplace for sure. He was hammered at the windows in that run. Good mid-race sectionals as well from Persian Force, a note that was passed along to me by uh, the great Rob Dove, one of the top 10 pro punters in the UK. He's also impressed with him physically, thinks he's one who's going to keep improving. Sean Tugel, let's bring you in for a quick thought on the Coventry. Anything in here that, that you're particularly interested in, either from a betting or just an industry point of view? Yeah, uh, certainly Persian Force is another horse that has my attention, uh, kind of as, as a horse that isn't necessarily – uh, from one of those top, it, it, obviously the hand and yard to top yard, but but O'Brien and Godolphin and and those yards can c- kind of sometimes come in and, and dominate uh, some of these big days. But uh, I, I do think Persian Force with with the early precocity already, um, certainly the maturity and 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 you know with the yard being so high on them, I do think Persian Force is a horse that definitely has my attention. Certainly very difficult to look past, you know, Noble Style with, with Godolphin and the success they're having. Love the Kingman uh, sire angle as well as being out of the pivotal mare. Uh, those are those are pretty successful combinations there. So uh, Persian Force from a betting angle, I think, is, is a horse that has a lot of my attention, but certainly uh, hard to look past Noble, so- Noble Style with, with just how well Godolphin is doing, you know, worldwide and globally, not only in Europe, but in America over the last, you know, 12 months to 18 months. Let's pivot to Wednesday, gentlemen, starting with the Queen Mary. We're on the straight 
we're running five furlongs this time. Uh, typically, this race is, is two-year-old fillies, and it is uh, typically the one where Wesley Ward puts his best runner in. It seems like we're getting that this year as well with Love Reigns, who was so stylish at Keeneland. Now, a lot of American racing fans are going to look at their past performances and see no speed figure listed for this one. Incredibly hard race to make a figure for because I think the first four or five home were all first-time starters. It was the only turf sprint on the day. Um, but there are some figure makers out there, some of our professional better friends who've taken a shot at this number. And one guess, and it is very much of a guess, uh, put put Love Reigns about 85. Another put Love Reigns about a 90. And either of those, they're not comparable necessarily to the best of the best wards that have gone over, not Lady Aurelia Kamari type first out numbers, but they are very competitive with some of the horses who've gone over there and run very, very well in recent years. I think Love Reigns has a very, very big shot in this spot. Very interested to see how she gets on. Callum, how about you? What catches your eye in the Queen Mary? Yeah, I mean, Love Reigns was was quite quite freakish, really, wasn't she, in her win? Uh, but we we in the UK do have some irons in the fire ourselves. Uh, I think the one that will catch the most attention will be a horse called Maria Branwell. Uh, very different to a lot of the horses that would you'd often see at Royal Ascot. She wasn't even sold at one of the Premier Yearling sales. Very cheap purchase. Um, she's tiny. Uh, she's a little pocket rocket. Uh, she won on debut and then stepped into the national stakes at Sandown. A very hot race, a lifted race. She ran against a horse named Crispy Cat, who in the later two-year-old races will certainly be one to watch. And she put him in his place. Uh, the two finished an absolute mile clear of a horse named Rumstar, who had a big reputation going into the race from the Jonathan Portman yard. Uh, and yeah, I think she's, she'd be one to really watch out for. This could be a bit too much for her because she is very small. That would be my main concern, like size-wise. She was a bit green. She drifted all over the place. But if she can just get a toe off this Love Reigns, because I imagine Love Reigns will go to the front. If she can get a toe off that Love Reigns, yes. she, she finished strongly at Sandown. Sandown's no easy finish either. Uh, so I think she's got a definite chance. And the five as opposed to the six will certainly help, I would think, under those circumstances. Sean, how about you? you? You have an idea for the winner in this one? Are you Team Wesley? Well, you know, certainly anybody can can try to make any uh, figures they want. Uh, but the visual eye test and when you see a, a two-year-old on the turf win by almost 10 lengths is enough to let me know that we might have a freak on our hands. Uh, especially when it comes from the Wesley Ward barn and, and knowing what he does early in the spring here at Keeneland and Churchill and Belmont. And, and his aspirations and, you know, the goals from the first of the, of the year to get, you know, his top two-year-olds to Ascot. So, look, th- this combination of Stone Street and and uh, Ben McElroy picking out horses at the sales for, for them in Europe and, and Wesley and coming over here, um, it, it's been pretty fruitful. I do think the five is, is right up Wesley's alley with this filly. So um, she's going to have the speed, certainly. Um, we haven't hit on any of the weather, what the track would be like, but you know, I think if it's it's if it's firm and and uh, and speed carrying, then I think Love Reigns could could pull off another Wesley uh, triumph here at Ascot. Certainly has all four winners of this race that have come from the U.S. Another horse that really grabs my attention is Manhattan Jungle, the the filly coming in from France for Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners. Um, Amy Murphy's done a very good job with her this year. She's undefeated. So far, uh, saw a video of her working up the hill there in, in Newmarket, I believe it was. And um, they were the trainer and, and all connections were quite happy with 
how she has settled in and, and her work there. So I think, uh, you know, outside of love range with, with Wesley and, and, and the horses that Colin hit upon, I think Manhattan jungle certainly looks to have a big shot as well. More five furlong action in the Windsor castle. Um, want to hear what you guys think about this one. Callum, we'll pull you back in for your thoughts. Uh, yeah, the Windsor Castle is, is it's one of my favourites because it's kind of the race where everyone forgets about. Uh, there's lots of lots of good horses come through it, but they often, just because they're not in the, the hot, hot race of the day, uh, they, they often get a little bit left. I remember Chipotle winning it last year, absolute superstar. He cost very little and then went on to do wonderful things. He's out in Saudi Arabia now. He did great for connections. Um, I love uh, bolt action in this. Um, one start, one win for Roger Varian. Tops the market. Kazar, who I absolutely love uh, in the stallion. And I just think if there's a man that often doesn't send his two-year-olds out too early, it's Roger Varian. So if he's got one that wins first time up and they expect it to win first time up, it's definitely something you should take a look at. Um, I'm, I'm a very, very big fan of his. Uh, there's Obviously, there's a lot of Aidan O'Brien horses that could turn up. Uh, They'll go to various different races and we'll catch up on those later. But if uh, I highly doubt he will. But if the Antarctic was to show up in this, I think it's a non-contest. I imagine he'll go for the late. I imagine he'll make an appearance later in the week. But if for some reason he ends up in this, he wins it going backwards because I think he's an absolute monster. I think he's the best thing on their yard over five furlongs. But um, yeah, bolt action for me. Uh, good performance last time out uh, on debut. A yard that doesn't often push their two-year-olds. And yeah, he, he excites me. A tricky one to talk about this far out, obviously, Sean, but mm-hmm. is there a runner or two that catches your eye? I mean, I, I, I agree. I'd love to see the Antarctic show up here. Um, maybe he does. We'll see. I mean, Aiden O'Brien has kind of used the uh, the race before with horses and as well as, as the Coolmore connections, even through Wesley Ward and, and No Nay Never. So uh, would love to see this horse show up, and, and I do think he could could dominate the race if he does. Obviously, another horse to, to look at is, is Clear Point. Uh, Richard Fahey uh, is pretty confident about his horse's chance. So, uh, you know, I always like to, I think the trainers can always kind of tout the right ones the right way sometimes. So uh, being this far out, I want to listen to and hear maybe who has the most confidence coming in. Certainly Richard Fahey sounds like he does with Clearpoint. We're going to have podcasts every day of Ask It. So we'll have a chance to give updates especially on these issues of of who's gonna go where clear point specifically uh i was i i thought i had heard and callum maybe you'll have info on this was more likely for for the norfolk than uh than this spot do you know where he's do you know where he's gonna turn up and let's pivot that conversation into your thoughts on the norfolk on Thursday. yeah i i think he does go for the norfolk uh we had we had fahey on and uh he he it's actually it's interesting because he won over six furlongs his start with over six furlongs and they were that confident that he's got the speed they're willing to drop into five for the Norfolk which says an awful lot because when they when they make a play on a horse and when they say they're going to go for it they, it's definitely it's definitely a, a, a plot job they know exactly what they're doing they know how good their horses are they they compare they always they've had a string of good two-year-olds come through uh, the interesting thing about um clear point is that he's, he's another Ardad which is uh, uh, the same star as Perfect, uh, oh gosh, what you call Perfect Power last year, who won the same race uh, the year before. Same connection, same sire. I, I, he really, really excites me. But he's going to have to be very, very, very good to beat the Antarctic, who I think, forget the winning distance of his last start, his second start. Uh, he is a full brother to Batash, and he is so chilled. 
I was fascinated because I was really interested to watch him go to post because these five furlong two-year-old sprinters, sometimes it can be a bit of a kite-flying expedition to get them there. And he just cruised <laughs> up, loaded like a good thing, jumped out and didn't even know he was in a race until pff, one and a half furlongs left. It really, they really had to get into him, roused him up. And when they said go, he just head went down. He flew out, his stride went out in front of him. He won't mind if the ground gets a bit softer. I don't think he'll care if the ground stayed as firm as it is at the moment. I'm so excited to see him because I think, and he's also stunning to look at as well. He's that dark dapple grey colour and I've got a big soft spot for them anyway. But he is, he's certainly something that I'm very, very intrigued to look at. But Clearpoint would be the best of the, uh, the UK, the English challenge for sure. Gee, Callum, you're not excited about your racing at all. You can hear the palpable <laughs> enthusiasm as you go through these notes. It's fantastic stuff. This is a really exciting race for sure. One that uh, Dove passed along a word for who, uh, who who I'm intrigued by on that basis alone is Wallbank. And you've mm. got the, the a bit of a pedigree angle here with all the success that the, the Kodiaks have had in recent years around Ascot. That was one runner I wanted to give a shout to. How about you, Sean Tugel? We, we've talked about a couple of these runners who, who may or may not be appointed for, for this race or, or other races. Is that is that where you're going to head back to, talking about uh, Clearpoint in the, in, in the Antarctic, or is there another one for you here? Yeah, as I, as I quickly realized, the notes I was reading off of, I'll just keep it simple and, and stick with the horses that I've already mentioned, the Antarctic and uh, Clearpoint. All right. One thing stuff. about uh, Wellbank. Uh, Wellbank, actually, if, yes. if Noble Style wins on day one, latch on to Wellbank for later in the car because Wellbank was one of those horses that finished behind Noble Style at Ascot on debut. So their form line does really line up for him. So I can totally understand where that, where that angle is coming from. And that's a great point in general for American, uh, for American listeners who may not give form lines and collateral form lines the primacy that they really deserve in European racing in general. We're so figure-oriented here, but that idea of having the form franked, having a good figure franked, as, that's super important. I'm not saying it's not important in the States, but, I, but at a, a meeting like this, I feel like it can offer major clues and you have an opportunity, especially with fixed odds betting, maybe to get out ahead of that. So I'm really glad you, you mentioned that note. That's very sharp. Let's move on to Friday's action. The Albany, in the notes you sent over, Callum, uh, one of the younger races, only the 20 years old for the Albany. This is a six furlong contest for the two-year-old Phillies. Who's your idea of the winner from this far out, Callum? Uh, I mean, it's one for you Americans here. It's a statuette (laughs) by the mighty Justify. Uh, she looks like a five-year-old novice chaser. I've never seen a filly look like her on a racetrack. <laughs> I don't think she belonged on a racetrack. I couldn't believe it. Uh, Ryan Moore, famously, after she absolutely bolted up on debut, says she's big, she's rangy, she's bred in the purple, she's brilliant. And that man, you struggle to get three words out of him normally. So for him to <laughs> wax lyrical about how wonderful Statuette is, it's pretty pretty exciting i mean just just look at her page i mean she she's just fantastic um she's related to good horses all the way through she she just there's there's some horses that when they get to the racetrack they have a they have a big reputation and they fail to fill the reputation and they can still win and people will be like well it was a win but it wasn't that impressive when she won twitter went mental people were comparing her to the next great hope it, it was wonderful to see and she'll come to ascot i think she'll handle ascot i mean she'll handle the ascot chase track let alone the, the five the, the, the straight six so she'll be absolutely fine 
Uh, and I think I think the rest are playing for places. I've got Morage down there. Um, great at Newmarket. The form doesn't really... The form's good. Uh, but for me, you've got to track right deeper into the market for a horse called Believing, who would be my each way bet of the day. Um, she uh, got beaten by Morage on on debut, but met a lot of traffic problems. And then went to Wolverhampton, little Wolverhampton, where no one else was going. There were about three men on their dog watching. But she fell out the stools, lost 10 lengths at the start, and still managed to win well held under James Doyle. She's the same connections as Cachet, uh, who won the Sounds of Guineas over here. I think she's got a really good chance. You could get her at 25 to 1 in some places. So uh, although I have said a lot of favourites today, Statuette being one I'm very excited about, I think, um, I think Believing would have a massive, massive chance. It's a compelling case, that's for sure. Now, of course, the Justify connection, those who know Sean Tugel's uh, CV will know that that was a horse that was uh, was near and dear to, to his heart. How excited are you to see Statuette do her thing at Ascot this week? And is, is that where you want to focus or do you have something else to, to put it, up? For me, it's all about Statuette. Uh, just listening to Callum describe her physically just takes me back uh, to Justify when, when he was in our barn and, and around Windstar and just... He was just always this physical presence and just if, if some people may remember, there's this one classic uh, photo that Barbara Livingston took of him standing out on the track. He was just standing there all by himself. And, and, and the caption was, you know, what what looks different here? And it's just he just stood out compared to every other horse that was even in the picture. And and from Callum, the way he's describing statuette, it sounds like she's carrying on her greatest attributes of her sire. So it was an impressive win. Uh, one thing about European racing is, is form and class really uh, have stayed very true over there. And with the type of breeding she has and a, out of a mare that costs $4.7 million and a triple grade one winner, uh, class all the way through. Um, and, and knowing that Justify, you know, <clears throat> being around him, you know, he had just kind of this awkward, uh, unfortunate little hawk issue that kept him from being a two-year-old or else he would have, you know, who knows what he could have done as a two-year-old. So the fact that, that it, he has horses coming out now and, and, and even at the highest levels already, it doesn't surprise me at all. And I think that's what we all are hoping and expecting to come from him. Certainly an interesting uh, sire that a lot of people are going to be following very closely and, and an interesting chapter potentially to be written next week at Ascot. One more race left. It's the Cheshire. We have some USA participation in here with, and the winner is who figure wise, I mean, has a, has a bunch to find you would think to compete with the best of these big favorite right now, looking at the market for this one in Alfred Munnings at 11 to 10. Callum, are you with the favorite or against in this spot? I am going to shock you all. And I'm against the favorite. I like him. I, I really do like him. He was mightily impressive, came with a huge reputation and, and quite frankly, uh, dominated, dominated his race. Uh, I'm going for another Irish horse, uh, more heart overhead. It's a horse named Crypto Force. Uh, he's by time test, a stallion I worked closely with in both the National Stud in Newmarket and down at Little Levendale Stud in New Zealand. He's a stallion I adore. I think his progeny, his... His yearlings have, are just so sharp, but not nasty sharp. They're just switched on. They know exactly, <clears throat> they know exactly what they're doing. They, they, you have to entertain them. And you can see that with, with, when Crypto Force ran, now you have to consider he was a 14 to 1 shot on this day. He took on a very exciting horse, which I'll get onto later on. Um, but he, he really struggled early on. He didn't really know what was going on. Took a while to get rolling. And then when he said go, he just let down and flew. 
and absolutely scooted it up. Now, people will question the form and say uh, August Rodin, who came second, who is currently the second favourite for the 2023 2000 guineas, if you want to look that far ahead. Um, he he got he met traffic problems and uh, didn't really get out and didn't have a chance to run his best race. But Crypto Force at 14 to 1 in some places is a laughable price. Map it up, everybody. The great each way shout. Um, Alfred Munnings, obviously, very, very exciting horse and it will be hard to beat. But for me, yeah, I'd go against the favourite and I'd be looking at Crypto Force at an each way bet. Terrific stuff. Sean, let's uh, bring you back in one more time. For your thoughts on the Chesham. Did we, did we lose Sean? What happened to him? He doesn't appear to be here. I can I'm edit here. this later. I'm back. Well. I'm back. Oh, you are here. Oh, you were stuck on mute. I will edit that, though. 24 minutes. I made a note. Uh, you can pick up that question. I'll count you in. Three, two, one. Yeah, certainly Alfred Munnings is is a horse. It's, it's tough to... Um... To look past the favorite here, and and again, it comes with that huge family that of Bally Doyle, uh, Oaks winners, and highly regarded, high class horses. So certainly looks looks like the one to be, and deservingly. I kind of also went towards a horse called Al Zahir. Uh, was beating a nose last time out uh, with with Detoria Board. So I think having that run underneath the belt, uh, maybe switch the cards and uh, and be able to uh to run a bigger race here with a little more maturity and get a better price all right great stuff guys really appreciate this callum this will be your first appearance of many on the network love the job that you did sean a little bit of a it's not really an announcement so much as a rumor that i'm going to share i've heard a rumor that this may be your final baby talk appearance but we will definitely be having you as well on the network again soon it's been an absolute blast doing these shows with you. And, you know, it's not goodbye. It's just sort of see you later. But uh, you have any closing thoughts, Sean, for uh, for the audience? No, just, uh, you know, some uh, career changes happening. Uh, so this will be my last baby talk as, as a Gainsway representative. But certainly um, excited for the future and excited what we've accomplished. And uh, I'm sure uh, I won't be too far away from some In the Money media podcast. It might be even be baby talk. You never know. That's right. I didn't even think about that. That just right. All right. Anyway, we'll we'll come back. We'll loop around. We'll get it all figured out. Uh, we'll and I know we're being cryptic, but that's the way it has to be for now. We'll announcements to come. Callum, uh, are you going to get out to ask it any of the days, or will they have you toiling away in the in the West London studio? Uh, I will be there all five days. Uh, it will be my first ever time at Royal Ascot, so I'm very very excited. Uh, top hat and tails have been ordered. Will be collected and hopefully fit on Monday. Nice. So we're, we're flying along. We'll be good. Yeah, I'll be there doing some uh, digital content for for Sky Sports Racing and, and trying to and trying to just push those channels and and try and find the stories that we don't manage to get on the TV. So that'll be exciting. But one thing for your American audience is just watch it. It is it's something we're very proud of here in Britain, Royal Ascot, and we we quite often like to say it's all doom and gloom in racing. But for five days. I do believe we put on some of the best racing in the world. So if you are umming and ahhing whether to get up early and check it out, I would highly suggest you do because it will be it'll be fantastic. It's five great, great days. And like we've gone through, two-year-old races are great. The three-year-old races are great. The four-year-old and older horse, older, older horse races are great. It's, just, it's a fantastic, fantastic week, and I'm very much looking forward to it. If you get hard up for a guest and you need some help, I will be wandering around there in top hat and tails myself. So hit me up. I owe you one for the fantastic job 
you did here. Appreciate having you on very, very much. So for, for Callum and for Sean and mostly for our sponsors at Gainsway, we really appreciate the support and love doing these shows. We're going to be bringing you two-year-old content all summer long, Saratoga, Del Mar, and beyond. Uh, stay tuned. So you can subscribe to Baby Talk in your feed, or the easiest thing to do is just subscribe to the whole In the Money Media feed and get it uh, get it done that way. Uh, our newsletter, too, gets all the content right to your inbox, inthemoneypodcast.com slash email. And yeah, really looking forward to being back with you soon. Uh, and uh, until the next time, may the hammer drop your way. <laughs>